Welcome to the Driven Women Project podcast, where we believe you do not have to act like a man to succeed like one. I'm your host, Erin Smith, and on this episode, we are speaking with Maureen Polak. In her career, Maureen has forged a powerful and unorthodox path as the co-owner of Loveability and the inventor of the Water Slide, which is a patented aquatic pleasure product designed for the bathtub. It's super fun. I highly recommend it. And make no mistake, the sex toy industry is certainly male-dominated. As president of Loveability, Maureen is responsible for product development and sales, and most importantly, she is the spokesperson for the company. Maureen is all about women's happiness, whether it comes from pleasure, equality, freedom, or developing a positive self-image and self-respect. Maureen is also on the Stanford Board of Representatives, District 11 in Connecticut. She also has a movie in pre-production about her entrepreneurial journey called Mompreneur, which is a unique and inspirational dramedy that illustrates her journey overcoming a tumultuous childhood and becoming the unlikely inventor of a widely successful pleasure product. A native to San Diego, Maureen is a modern Orthodox Jewish woman a devoted wife and mother of two, a trained competitor in jiu-jitsu, and a 2021 USTA national tennis champion. Her list goes on. <laughs> She's amazing. And last but certainly not least, she is a dear, dear friend of mine. I admire her mindset and how she views the world, and I have always been inspired by the strength of her voice and her consistency in holding onto her core values, which you'll hear us talk about in the show. We also talk about how she responded when someone told her she needed to hide the fact that she is the inventor of a pleasure product for her political campaign. This is one of the reasons I absolutely love her, so please check that out. We also talk about how to stay true to yourself and do what you love, and how she thinks about balancing motherhood and career, and how she deals with the nonstop contradictory social pressures when a woman decides to do one or the other or both. We also talk a lot about masculine and feminine characteristics and how we need to change the way we view them in society. Make sure you listen all the way to the end, though, because you will want to hear how Maureen answered when I asked her, when we dismantle the patriarchy, what should we replace it with? Her answer is so good. So listen up and don't forget to visit the show notes for links to connect directly with Maureen. Enjoy the show and stay driven. So hi, Maureen. How are I am. you? <laughs> Fabulous. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so glad that we are talking again because the first time I interviewed you back in 2018, um, you, I know, right? So long ago. Um, so you had just at the time you had just invented this um, female hygiene and pleasure product and you've evolved since then, right? And now you are the president and co-owner, did I get that right, of Loveability. Um, yep. You're a local politician and yep. <laughs> also the executive producer of a movie, which sounds so cool. Oh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit, like, give me that, give me the update. What are, tell me more about what you're up to now. First of all, I don't even know how all these things happen in my life. I feel like the Joker from Batman where it's like, I just do things, um, <laughs> but I'm so incredibly grateful to still have you in my life. I love you so much. So thank you for interviewing me again. Yes. And gosh, to answer your question, what am I up to right now? Mm-hmm. You said it. I am juggling all these different spokes of my life. And I feel like they've all played off of one another. 
I started the water slide, you know, the whole joke, doing a business out of your garage. I did it out of my bathtub. And through that evolution, I ended up purchasing Lovability with a partner and revamping and curating all these products that are body safe and eco-friendly to help with women's sexual health experiences. And through that journey, um, I was fighting for women's rights, leading rallies, and the local Democratic City Committee um, asked me if I would run for local politics on the city council. And it was kind of a fun counterbalance to okay, I go to parties and people say, what do you do? And I say, I invented a sex toy and make condoms and lubricants to, oh, and I'm a politician. It's so much fun to watch people's reactions. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, do- they're like, they have to do a little mental calculation. Like, do I know anyone like that? No, that's so it's- unique. <laughs> no, but it's really the same thing. I fight for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let the taboo elements of women's sexual health, which is so incredibly important, yes. stop me from speaking my voice. Yes. And actually, I remember when you first told me that you had started doing the politician thing, um, that part of your campaign, you had some Mm -hmm. campaign managers, right? People helping you with the campaign because that was a new thing for you. And one of the most impressive things that you told me, which I love and I hope you're willing to share with everyone, is that they tried to tell you that you probably should, you know, like dumb down or, you know, quiet Mm -hmm. down the fact that you have a sex toy or that you invented a sex toy in women's uh-huh. sexual health is a priority for you. So what, why don't you share with us, <laughs> what was your response to that uh, recommendation? Well, they got what they asked for, um, somebody who speaks up about things. And to be fair, the majority of people were impressed by what I do, but it was one person who said, I have to play the devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. I have to just say that maybe we should tone it down was the words. Maybe we should go on your website, your social media, on your campaign. Let's just not use the word sexual anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is what I believe in. And not only am I not going to remove it, but I would like that now on all my flyers that I'm putting on everybody's door where it gives your little bio. Mm-hmm. I want the very first thing on there to say sexual health pioneer, <laughs> sexual health advocate, owner of a sexual health company. Yes. And the woman was like, wait, what? No, no, no. I said, remove it. And <laughs> I remember the head of the DCC looking and giving this like smirk and wink me like, there she is. Yes. That's the girl. <laughs> and not only did it work, yeah. but- to toot my own horn. And yes, ladies, we can toot our own horn. Mm-hmm. I not only won, I'm so incredibly proud that we had the most voter turnouts. And I think it was the women who came out and represented. So yes. we won. And I yes. say we, isn't me, we won. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's what I absolutely love about you. Your authenticity, the way that you stick to your values and you don't <laughs> hide. You're like, not only am I not going to hide this. I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. Yes. Um, that must have come through. It must have come through. And that's why you won because, and from women voters too, right? We uh-huh. felt it and saw it and we want more of that around us. Gone, sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is called the Driven Women Podcast. So I want to ask you, what does, actually, I, I asked you this back in 2018. Do you want me to I'm going to ask you the question again. Do you want me to tell you what you said? And then I want to hear 
don't, no? don't tell me because okay. I want to see if it changes. Tell me after for sure. Okay. okay. See if it changes or if I'm still. Yeah. Similar. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I asked you the question, uh, what does being driven mean to you? Oh, I maybe I still don't know. I have no idea what drives me. I follow my intuition to a T. It is a little bit scary and I protect myself with logic and contracts and all that, but mm-hmm. I can't help myself. I just do what feels right. Um, what was my answer back in the days? Um, it's pretty close. Ooh. You said you said a little a little bit different in nature, but someone who follows their passions, whether work or hobbies, doing what you love and not compromising. Oh, I like that. That sounds like chat GBT now. <laughs> Hey, ChatGPT was not around then. Right. <laughs> no, but I love that. You you know what I heard in, in your answer too? I heard like your feminine core, right? You're following your intuition. You're going with what you know and what you love. And meanwhile, you've got your masculine energy too, right? Like you have logic and you have contracts to protect yourself, but really you lead with your feminine energy. Yeah. I, I just can't not do things. I constantly yeah. have to do it. So yeah. I love that's really that was kind of fun. Thanks. <laughs> well, how about another one? I have another question for you too. That I asked you this back in 2018 as well. So let's see if this has changed. Because this this is a kind of question that does change for people over time. So, how do you define success? How do I define success? I define success with growth. And it doesn't matter what category it's in. If I've done something and I've grown from it, that's success. And then ultimately, it's happiness. Mm. So any any benchmark that you, you want to put out there, money, fame, recognition, all those, it doesn't matter unless you're happy. So happiness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get ready because this is also why I love you because you're consistent and true to yourself. Like your core values have not changed. You said, and I quote, this is a quote. I'm so excited. <laughs> you said happiness. Do you oh! know what- <laughs> Literally your first word that you said, you said happiness, doing what you love, feeling fulfilled. And you did say money for some people, but for me, it's working on projects, learning and growing as a person. And you said there may be a little bit of the ego side when people find out what you do and they're excited by it because you said, I like inspiring people. Hmm. That was your answer. How great is that? Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so successful. Success. We can just stop the podcast there. This has been successful. I love that that it hasn't changed. Yes. That's so beautiful. And I love that we did that without, we did not practice any of this. This is all um, for for everyone listening. This is how we are. Maureen and I became really good friends, dear friends after that first interview. Um, And she's like, don't worry about sending me questions ahead of time. We'll just flow. So that's what you're hearing right now. Is this? (laughs) Oh, this this is really fun. I feel like we should be doing this. Like every five years, people should ask each other questions and friendships. Yep. And see what their answers, how their answers change or evolve over time. Cool. Um, all right. So the Driven Women Project, it's all about helping women navigate male-dominated environments. Um, but the main theme is really about supporting women in what they want to do and empowering them to stand mm-hmm. up for who they are. 
um, no matter what path they choose, because, you know, let's face it, when no matter what, what we're going to do, we're going to get criticized for it, right? So you could go one way, you can go the other. So you might as well be doing what you love and being true to yourself and doing that. Um, so I'm curious, that brings to mind, you know, um, this concept of being a mom and a career woman or both. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're a mom. And I'm curious to know about your journey as because before you invented um, the water slide, you were a stay at home mom, right? Yep. Yeah. So talk to me. How did you make that leap into from going from a stay at home mom into the working world as an inventor and then a politician? And, and where are you now? Like, talk to me about that journey. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to say first off that I'm incredibly grateful and blessed that I have the ability because I have a partner and we are a team. We we say that he brings home the bacon or the kosher bacon Mm -hmm. and I'm sowing the seed for what could potentially be a tree that blossoms for a nest egg. So my number one priority is still true today is that I need the flexibility with my schedule and time to be present with my children when they need me. Mm-hmm. When they were younger, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and I had that choice. And I'm grateful for the feminist movement and it's all about choice. There mm-hmm. should be no bashing either way. If you choose to 100% be full-time working or 100% at home, I choose to be a mompreneur. I choose and have the ability to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sacrificed a lot. I sometimes wonder what my career would be like if I was solely doing work when I see my husband gets to work every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. And I also still envy my friends who chose to stay home with their children, how much more present they are more mm-hmm. often. Right. So with my number one criteria being my schedule, it kind of forced me into certain jobs and careers that I could be flexible. So being an entrepreneur, the joke is that you work 80 hours a week, so you don't have to work 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being a politician, it comes in waves. I can choose when I answer the phone. And there's three nightly, like monthly meetings that I have to go to. And that's fine. And I think it's really good for my children to see that I am mom is not available right now. She is working on something that's very important and it creates boundaries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I wonder, uh, no, that's beautiful because um, yeah, it is all about it. I like how you make the distinction of <clears throat> you're lucky because you get to have that choice because you have a partner who's, who you're able to, you know, offset um, the yeah. income that way. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you it, like women encounter so much criticism when they make the decision to be uh, either either a stay-at-home mom or mm-hmm. a career woman and a mom, right? It seems like we can't win, right? If you're a career mom, your your job thinks you're unreliable. Your the society thinks you're not a good mom. If you're just a stay-at-home mom, society thinks you're a waste. You're wasting your talent or something like that, right? There's all of yeah. these criticisms and Criticism. standards and right, yeah, it's yeah. awful. Um, so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are if you've ever experienced that yourself, like, have you ever heard anyone or, or yeah. And how do you, how do you deal with that? Or how do you think about that? Yeah. Um, real quick, I would also like to say that depending on your children's age too, Mm -hmm. when my children weren't in school, 
I that's why I really wanted to be home because I was with them. Right. As I get older, they don't need as much of your time, but I still want to be available. Mm -hmm. Um, The criticisms came mostly from women when I was when I chose to be a stay at home mom fully. And it wasn't so much as criticism as me feeling it. or you know what? It was from both. It was when we would go to dinner parties or people would, people like to ask you, what do you do? Right. So whenever I would say, oh, I'm home with the kids, it immediately felt like people just lost engaging conversations with me. I would be like, okay, great. I'm like, but I'm on the PTA, but my, they, they just don't want to hear about it. It's not in their arena. Right. So even when I was a stay-at-home mom, I started joking with people because I was sick and tired of that reaction. What do you do for a living? What do you do? I would mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm the CEO of the Pollock household. And they'll go, wow, what it? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm juggling everything here. I'm doing all this stuff and you should have respect for the CEO. Right, yes. <laughs> so that was a fun little thing. But I have to say the conversations are way more fun mm-hmm. um, now yeah. when people, say, what do you do for a living? Uh-huh. I say, well, I'm home with my children. I work from home. This was before COVID. Uh-huh. I'm home with my children. I'm the inventor of a sex toy and I'm a local politician. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> and then they're like, what do I what do? You do? That? <laughs> what did you invent? So right. the conversations are there, but I don't really get too much criticism from the working side. When I'm working and doing all these things, society rewards and reveres it. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, at least I don't hear it. Oh, yeah. you're, oh, oh, I take it back. There's one person who gave me when I was running to be a politician, and it was somebody who I don't want to out a community. It was somebody who advises a lot of people in communities. Okay. And, and he said to me, you know, are you sure you want to run for politics? And I said, yes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He said, well, what about your children? Your children need you. And they're at a pivotal age right now. They're going into becoming teenagers. They might need you. And mm-hmm. I said, what makes you think that they won't have me? Right. Said, this is not me saying I'm moving out of the state and leaving them. Right. I'm still here and I'm yeah. very good at multitasking and juggling and prioritizing my children. Mm-hmm. And he just said, okay, I just want to be the one to say it, that you might be sacrificing more than you think. I said, okay, that was the only critique right. I got from the work. But in general, people really do yeah. celebrate when you work. Yeah. It's, it's more, more critical or more judgment if you're not working and you're staying at home. Mm-hmm. Cause you get that question, like, what do you do all day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, yeah. you're like, I'm a CEO of the household. What am I not doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm working all day long. <laughs> yeah. And all these working moms, we still do it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I asked you, I asked you a question the other day uh, via text and you called me up afterwards to answer it. And I want to, <laughs> I want to explore this. Uh because it's such an interesting question, right? You're like, it's such a deep question. What a deep question. Um, so if we were to end the patriarchy, what would we replace it with? I, yeah, when you texted me that I was driving and I was like, 
Aaron, like this is too deep. <laughs> like I'm driving and it came up on like on the voice audio thing. I'm like, but that's deep. And I literally pulled over mm-hmm. because we, we yeah. talk about it all the time. We're yeah. always fight the patriarchy. Right. And I was like, what, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. What is patriarchy? And then I just went to what do I really want to see? And it's not when you think of fight, you think of dismantle and you think of crush and bring it down. Yeah. I don't want the patriarchy to die or okay. to crumble. Mm-hmm. I just want the matriarchy to rise and elevate mm. and have it be more equal. Mm-hmm. So it one is not better than the other. And I would like to see the strength and the unity between the masculine and feminine. Yes. And I would love to see even in our, like our unconscious biases of what is a feminine trait to be mm-hmm. revered. And I think one of the examples I gave you was even the word sensitivity. Sensitivity yep. has a negative connotation. Yep. But when you think of power tools or equipment and you see that it's sensitive, mm-hmm. that's usually a better product because right. it's sensitive to its surroundings and works better. Precise. So yeah, <laughs> it's precise. It's sensitive. It, yeah. it can, so my sensitivity doesn't have to be a negativity. It's my superpower. I am incredibly sensitive to people's feelings and what's around me and the cause and effect of things. And I bring it into politics and bring my sensitivity and my sensuality and my femininity. And I am not shy about it. I am a woman. Hear me roar. And so, yes, I I would like elevate the matriarchy, not dismantle the patriarchy. So I love that so much. I wrote it down immediately. I was at dinner and you called me and I was like, I got it. I was sitting at a table with people. I'm like, I got to take this. Hold on. (laughs) And it was so worth it because I loved your answer. And it's so true because another, another example, I use that example of sensitivity. Another example is, um, of, of a a female or a feminine trait because both men and women, every person we should say has both masculine and feminine energy. And it's really Mm -hmm. just about finding the balance and whatever your core is, that's what you're going to lead with. So, you know, typically men will lead with their masculine traits. Women will lead with their feminine traits. Um, But like you say, the feminine, the feminine traits get criticized or scrutinized or told that they're bad, considered bad or negative, like being sensitive, but also talking. So have a client who I'm working with right now, I absolutely love her. And she is super successful, loves her job, loves what she does. And she just got criticized by her male um, bosses. Uh, They told her, by the way, she's very successful in what she does, but they said, well, maybe if you didn't talk so much, they said to her. And she was like, what? She came away and then she came to talk to me about it. She's like, what does that mean? Am I talking too much? Am I too chatty? And I'm like, wait a second. I thought you said that that's one of your strengths. That's how you connect so well with the people that you work with and how you bring in the business that you do and help the clients that you help. It's because you get to know them and you have conversations and that's your superpower. She's like, yeah, you're right. She like forgot about it for a second because it was overshadowed by this negative Mm-hmm. I don't know the way the guy painted it to her made it sound called it calling her too chatty in air quotes there. Um, right. That's so unfair. And then, she, you know, she had said, yeah. And I asked him, well, how do you connect with people and clients if you don't talk? And his answer was just like, well, I just get right down to business. We, we say a couple of words and then we just get down to business. And she was like, great. That's how, it, if that works for you, great. This is what works for me. So let me do my thing. 
So <clears throat> yeah, I feel like if we characterize the feminine traits as in a positive light, mm-hmm. then we would recognize the value of it. Yeah. Um, I, I dove a little bit, and maybe I'm going off topic here, but I dove a little bit into rebranding and just diving into what my company is. Mm-hmm. And I started going into this direction and a shift in the marketplace. And remember during the time, like girl boss and like how there's all these like boss babe elements. Right. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I think in the beginning when maybe women were entering the workspace they were trying to be or emulate what men or male bosses are. Mm-hmm. And it's all this like women in business suits and like being yes. masculine and great. Like I'm all for it. Like I actually identify as a 15 year old boy and I've been doing that since I was 15. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot more masculine traits and feminine traits. Yep. I was thinking about how I want to be a boss, how I run my company mm-hmm. and it's soft power. Mm. So, if I looked at how my husband runs his meetings, he is very direct and straight to the point and a minimalist in speaking. Yeah. His superpower is connecting and speaking with people. And I gain relationships and people fall in love. Yes. And when you love people, you do things and you come together and you don't fight and it's pure. Yeah. So embrace the different yes. ways of running the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, the balance. Mm-hmm. Like the equality of it, the equality doesn't mean, I don't, I don't think that it means that we have to be the same. I think mm-hmm. it means we need to recognize the differences and elevate them to the same level of value, like valuing them both equally rather than trying to say one is better than the other. Think about how powerful it is. Yeah. It's especially, really- especially when they come together, right? Yeah. That's, that's the power, the unity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the male, the masculine, feminine polarity too. If Mm -hmm. you have two people in power who have that, or even one person in power who has that balance within them, right? They've balanced their own inner masculine and feminine value system and characteristics. And a good boss thinking of your friend telling her to stop doing something she's doing. Let's just say, because I don't know her for argument's sake, mm-hmm. it was a problem. Let's yeah. say her customers were complaining. Right. Let's say, because I have experience where somebody doesn't know when to stop talking mm-hmm. and it's annoying right. um, and it's bothersome. Instead of saying, stop doing it, yeah. channel that energy into another way and say, great, I love you, connect with people. Maybe like suggest yeah. what the problem might be. If there's a problem, suggest Mm -hmm. what the problem is so she could find a solution. But just telling her to stop talking so much. Right. I'm going to stop being such a dickhead. I know. (laughs) It was just his opinion because I asked the same thing. And I was like, well, have you experienced any issues? And she's like, no, it's the opposite. I have great success with my clients. No one ever complains that I talk too much except for these bosses, right? Except for them. Mm. I was like, okay, well, maybe you have to adjust when you're in their presence because that's not going to work for them. But that's fine. But it doesn't mean you need to stop doing what you're doing you're you such just... a good advisor <laughs> um so let's see oh yeah I was actually I was looking at my notes because I had written down something about something that I quoted you saying in the last interview um, oh. but we kind of just talked about it you said you that's so funny you had said um, I've been told from so many men don't talk about something just do it stop talking so much and you were like oh. 
you said you had said in the interview, I just rejected that. And I went out and talked to everyone and it worked really well for me. (laughs) This is almost exactly the same. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, how many things I've gained from me opening up with other people and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially think it's with politics and yeah. oh, also with sexuality. Right. Um, so when you share with other people things, they share with you. And that's what a connection is. Mm-hmm. So don't say just do is good advice. Um, it, but just in the sense of do, don't say you're going to do it. Right. Do it. Right. But then talk it up, live it out there, put the energy out yeah. and it reinforces it in yourself. If yeah. I talk that I'm doing this stuff, I'm doing it and mm-hmm. I'm more likely to do more of it. Yeah. You're taking action. You're not, you're not just talking to the, to the air and it's going out into the ether. You're, you're making something happen, but then you're going to go out and talk about it. You're going to share and connect and yeah, yeah, that's how you build, build community. And that is a feminine, that's a very feminine trait, right? Collaboration community mm-hmm. building, connection, nurturing, all that kind of stuff. Whereas I think masculine energy, and you tell me what you think masculine energy is, it's more like independence and um, strength and analytical thinking and, you know, goal orientation. Not to say that the feminine is not like that, but the balance. Mm-hmm. No, right? I agree. I agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> I so think embodying embrace- both is good. What's that? Embodying both is good, but it's mm-hmm. funny that I don't go out there and tell men or masculine traded people. Yeah. Um, you really should start talking about this more. <laughs> right. Although, we're supposed to stop. Right. We're told to be quiet. To we have to be quiet. Uh, but they, yeah. Or we have, we do try to tell them not to interrupt us though. Right. <laughs> when they're, they talk over us. Mansplaining. Mm-hmm. What do you think of mansplaining too, by the way? That's a, that's a, a popular well, let me right. woman explain this to you. Yes, please. <laughs> so I actually have mixed feelings about mansplaining. Okay. Um, when I was training in jujitsu, I would get mansplained all the time. And it used to piss me off in the beginning. And I would sit there and these like touring instructors would come in and they would see this woman surrounded by a bunch of men and they would assume that I didn't know techniques and they would come in and be like, well, you do this, you put your hand here, you you lift your arm for a choke, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I actually learned something, but the other times it was like, I know these things and it felt that much better when I tapped them out because mm-hmm. I had this moment of like underestimating their opponent and then yeah. I was able to go in there. But there's a great book that I read called The Feminist Fight Club by Stephanie Bennett. Mm-hmm. And it's become like my nightstand Bible that I keep next to me. And there's a, it's really easy, but guys, if you're going to go out there and read it, it's one of those, it talks about an issue, where the issue came from, and then what you can do to combat it. And one of my favorite things in there was about mansplaining. And with the fight club, you take an oath. If you see somebody do this to you, you take an oath to stand up and here's how. Mm-hmm. And also if somebody does this to a fellow woman around you, here's what you do to help them. So getting interrupted happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. In politics, it doesn't because nobody's allowed to because you have the floor. It's awesome. It's kind of nice. weird because yeah. I don't know how to navigate it without <laughs> somebody interrupting me. So it was weird in the beginning. <laughs> but if some, if I'm speaking, here's an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody interrupts me, I can say, oh, uh, excuse me one second. I'm not finished with my thought. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not an abrasive. You don't have to get angry. You don't have to be like, hey, I was talking because then the focus gets shifted away from what you're actually talking about. It makes you look sensitive, makes you look bitchy. Yes. But whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm not done with my thought. Usually people aren't aware that they're interrupting. They're not consciously going, I don't like what she's saying. Let me stop her from speaking. They're just right. in the habit. Yep. So, oh, I'm not done with my thought. Hold on one sec. Yeah. And usually people are so aware after that moment that they like don't know how to like interrupt you again. They'll be right. like, oh, is it my turn to speak now? And you kind of gain this like power in yeah. the conversation. It's really freaking cool. Yeah. Aaron, you're speaking and we're, I don't know if you've caught that I do this with other people, mm-hmm. but if you're at a dinner and you're speaking and telling a story and somebody jumps in because they're excited and they want to tell their story, I yeah. go, Oh, that sounds awesome. Hold on one sec. Erin, you were saying something. Yes, you are. I was going to say that if you didn't say that just now, I was going to chime in and say you are incredible at doing that. I love it so much. You're so on the ball with with helping people out like that with circling background because yeah, people get excited, right? They're not meaning to interrupt the person. They just want to be part of the conversation. But to have an advocate there, someone to be like, hey, actually, let's hear the rest of that story or hold on one second. I'm not done. Like, it's just, you do so much grace and so much ease and people just back off. They're like, oh, oh, sorry. You know? And yeah. It's made my life more peaceful because I really can't tell you how many times I would get enraged in the situation, be so frustrated. I'm like, why does everybody interrupt me? (laughs) Yeah. But no, like we have our own like responsibility and what we're doing wrong. Even though it's ultimately their fault for interrupting you, like- What we're taking it and we're just cowering and then getting upset, but I'm so much happier now. And I don't think I'm pissing people off when I do it. And if I am, it's better than being upset than me. <laughs> right. The power is in how you respond. Cause like you said, you could respond by whining and shrinking or, you know, stomping your feet or yelling or fighting. Right. Or you could do what you do and have this incredibly strong, firm, yet gentle right? It's almost, it's like, it is. Unity. Unity. <laughs> Unity. Masculine and feminine coming. Oh, to- so Thank perfect. you, Stephanie Bennett for the feminist <laughs> fight club. And guys, I'm not sponsored by her. I just yeah. think it's life-changing. <laughs> um, I totally forgot about that book. I'm going to have to get that now because that it, I want to, I want to read. I it. will, I will send you one. I think I have sent like 20 copies of this book yeah. out to various <laughs> women. It's my gift to you. Amazing. Amazing. Well, oh my gosh, Maureen, thank you so much for doing this again. I can't wait to, um, to launch this podcast because, um, this conversation and every conversation I have with you is always so invigorating and energizing and helpful. Cause I took away back in 2018, I took away, I never forgot, uh, those tips that you gave me and the, and the way that you think about things. So I hope that, um, people listening to this will feel the same way and feel your energy, your pure energy. I love you. And I'm so excited for your podcast because you offer so much to so many women and to be able to get your voice out there and all the women you connect with. This is so amazing. I'm so excited. And I hope in five years when (laughs) it's blown up, I get to be your guest again and you get to ask the same questions and see how much I've changed. I love it. Yes. Um, is there any, anywhere that you want, um, people to go to learn more about lovability or the water slide? 
Yeah. Well, I would like everybody to take a journey and go into your bathtub <laughs> and tie on a water slide and let, every- no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you can find me in my bathtub. Okay. Again, a stupid joke, but really it's Lovability Inc., which is L-O-V-A. B-I-L-I-T-Y, lovability, which is your ability to love yourself and others. And on social media at this moment in time, it's blown up on TikTok, which is at the water slide. And that's W-A-T-E-R-S-L-Y-D-E. So come find me there. And if you're in Stamford, Connecticut, I'm on your local city council, which is the board of reps. And I am district 11 representative for the Democratic Party. (laughs) Yay. Thank you so much, Maureen. Thank you. Love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. As always, take the messages you've heard here and try them on like an outfit. If it doesn't fit, don't try to force it. If it does fit, great. Consider sharing the episode or even better, leave us a review. And if you or another driven woman you know would be willing to share her proverbial closet of advice about working in a male-dominated field, see the notes below for a link to nominate her to be on the show. Until next time, stay driven.